Boldness in your praying. Boldness in coming before the Lord. Boldness in your speech with the people that are around you, with your kids, with those that are far away from the Lord. Whatever that looks like, that is actually how that coincides with this particular message today. Last Sunday, I was, I was talking to one of our parents' kids at, in the foyer, and I asked him, have you read the book of Acts? And he just looked at me and kind of blinked. He just went... And I get that from my kids as well. It's usually that, that sign that, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And sure enough, I got the head shake and I was like, yeah, I had confirmed my suspicions. I said, wow, you're missing out. You'd really like it. It has action and adventure. It has violence. It has torture. It has shipwrecks. It has great escapes. It has miracles. It has people getting healed. It has conspiracy theory. It has soldiers. It has angry mobs. And it even has poisonous snakes. And with that, that's where I, that's where I got him. His eyes pricked up poisonous snakes. Right? His, his attention was piqued. And I said, well, you simply must read it then. You've got to get into it. I know, I think you'll really like it. And that's where our conversation ended, and he went about the rest of his morning. But I knew that something that he'd never pondered before had crossed across his mind, and he was thinking about it. So have you ever read the book of Acts? There's even poisonous snakes. Yes. You will learn a great deal about how the early fledgling church got its start and how the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God, began to travel across the known world. Over 2,000 years later, right here in Winnipeg at the Canadian Museum of Human Rights, there is a giant wall early on in your tour, if you've ever taken it, which has this epic timeline kind of scrawled across a big wall. And the timeline gives an account of historic events of human rights tragedies over the last few thousand years, actually. Uh, And it also has many of the uh, main events and people that were part of affecting that timeline for change in a positive way. And the first time that I went, actually much to my surprise, I don't know why I was surprised, but Jesus made the wall. And today, I mean, as a follower, as followers of Christ, we know that there's kind of various forces in the world that are around us that are always trying to kind of scrub Jesus from the historical record, from the public record. But there was Jesus' name on the wall. And it's actually right here. You can actually see it. I don't know if you can actually read it there, but it says 4 to 30. I'm assuming that's the year. Jesus of Nazareth teaches virtues of love, compassion, and justice. There it is. He's on the wall. And I love that ten-word summary of the entire life and work of Jesus. Not only are the dates confusing to me at a number of levels, that's for another history lesson, by the way, um, but the statement is it's totally politically sensitive It's totally devoid of controversy, and it's missing any inkling of the radical revolution that Jesus started and has continued to actually change the world to this very day. Out of the billions of people on this planet, did you know that almost one-third identify as Christian? Did you know that? Christianity actually continues to be the largest faith group on the planet 
Billions of people don't just follow someone because they simply teach love, compassion, and justice. It doesn't happen. Many people have taught the same kinds of things, but only one has actually risen from the dead as a sign and a guarantee of the salvation that comes to anyone who would believe in his name. That's the Jesus that I see on the wall behind that statement. The wave of transformation that started and swept across the earth through a small band of of followers who declared that Jesus of Nazareth was not just a kind rabbi who taught about love, compassion, and justice, but after the disciples, they actually saw Jesus ascend into heaven with 500 other witnesses and were filled with the Holy Spirit and power that they needed to spread the gospel, here's what Peter said, the Apostle Peter said, to the people and religious leaders, after he and John, by the power of God, healed a 40-year-old man outside the temple, who everyone in Jerusalem needed to pass by when they went to the temple, and they knew that he'd been crippled, for a long, long time. It made the news. And this passage in Acts chapter 4 is a great passage to illustrate the topic today. Being confident, bold, in the face of opposition. So let's read today. So after this happens, they get kind of hauled in by the religious leaders. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, meaning John and Peter, they inquired, by what power, by what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and people of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means that this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, I wonder how that went over, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the cornerstone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man healed, standing beside them, they had nothing to say in response. Isn't that cool? That takes guts. That takes boldness. In today's terms, it would be like a televised courtroom proceeding that is being live-streamed on the TV, on the Internet. Peter and John are the defendants and they're there telling the panel of judges on live television, we want to make it clear to everybody who's watching right now 
You know this man who was healed and by what authority? You know Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you rejected as the Son of God and you killed? It's through the name of Jesus that this man was healed. The reason this man now stands in front of you, before you, is only possible because Jesus is not dead. He is alive. God raised him from the dead, just as he predicted while he was here on earth. And Jesus, by the way, is the only way to salvation. (laughs) Wow. They said all this while this previously lame man was standing beside them as proof of their claims. And the religious leaders, they couldn't do much. Well, because they're on live television, right? The people were watching. They had to do something to keep things from kind of going viral in the community. So basically they told Peter and John, okay, well, we'll let you off the hook this time. But we want you to stop teaching in this name, in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John didn't actually stop there. If you read a little further on, in verse 19, it says, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. <laughs> Basically, You do what you have to. We're not going to stop. That's what the exchange was. And the leaders threatened them one more time. You better listen to us or else. But kind of seeing they couldn't really do much more, they just decided to turn off the cameras and call it a day. And of course, that's where the story ends, right? No, it's not. Maybe the religious leaders went back about their own day, and their usual busyness, but the disciples, they actually went back to their friends, this growing church, this growing congregation of followers of Christ, and told them what had just happened. And everybody praised God and marveled at what had just occurred. They actually took time to worship and pray together and praise the Lord for giving them this amazing opportunity to share the good news. And here's what they prayed about future opportunities. Future opportunities where they knew there would still be opposition. They said, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And you know what happened? Verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all, all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Wow. The book of Acts is packed with lots of really cool stuff. This is one of them. Last week, Pastor Sengu from Singapore was here preaching about what happened at Pentecost when the early church was first filled with the Holy Spirit, back a couple of chapters. And how at that moment, 
That moment was preceded by the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And now the church that was previously filled with the Holy Spirit, the supernatural breaking into the natural realm, they're there again together and asking God for more boldness to share the gospel and to receive help to do so through more signs and wonders. You want a good witness? Hi, here's my friend who was healed. You know who healed him? Jesus. Would you like to know him? How do you argue? They're there. They're standing right in front of you. We've got people all over this congregation here today who could stand up and tell you, Jesus healed me. And there they are again praying together. And the Holy Spirit again breaks into the natural realm and the whole place where they are meeting shakes. And they're filled again. I want to make a few observations and applications from this chapter today with regards to us just us being bold in the face of opposition. Maybe you're a professional uh, in a work environment that's hostile to the gospel. Uh, it could be a public school or a university where you teach at uh, or you're a student at and you know that uh, talking about your faith is kind of like committing social or cultural suicide. Uh, maybe it's a construction job site where you know that maybe talking about your faith will get you mocked. Um, maybe it's, the, it's somewhere in the medical field where miracles are often looked at with a lot of skepticism. And Okay, you know, have you ever... I, I know there's people here who've told me that they've sat in the doctor's office and said, God healed me. And the doctor looked at them and went, Next? Does not compute. Don't know what to do with that. What should I do with that? It's probably not true. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Well, whatever the situation, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. We don't need to, I guess we don't need to be and shouldn't be reckless about sharing the good news of Jesus with people. Doing so should be done through love and wisdom, prayerful strategy and compassion. While we're standing on the truth of what Jesus has done for us, when the door of opportunity opens to us. But the first thing I want us to recognize is the Holy Spirit's the one with the power that we need. Not us. Not us. One of the experiences we're meant to have as followers of Christ is not only our initial salvation and water baptism, we're also meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Something that this is just a one-time experience which now empowers us for for life, for ministry, for the rest of our lives. But as we saw in what we just read, even the early church didn't experience that. Throughout Acts and the New Testament, we see whole groups of people and even individuals being filled again and again and again and again in order to advance the kingdom of God with power. That's why Paul in Ephesians 5.12 tells us to keep on being filled. It was his own experience. It was the experience of those around him in the church. And we need that ongoing filling because we leak. We need to keep on being filled in order to have that power and boldness that's needed to accomplish God's agenda. Not only for us personally, but corporately together as a church. 
That's how it worked for Peter and John. And it's how it works for you and I today. Do you know why, do you know why it works this way? Why we need the filling of the Holy Spirit? I'll get to that in a moment. I just want to take a moment just to be really crystal clear. When you invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, not only are your sins washed away and you start life brand new, but you actually get a brand new heart. You are made fully alive in Christ. And one of the many things, special things that happens is, is we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit actually comes and resides in us, filling us with the assurance that we belong to God, that we're welcomed into His family and He's never going to let us go. But then as we continue to welcome Him into our lives, the Holy Spirit's transforming work in our life, we can have a second experience that's kind of like the burners in your furnace, all just kind of woof, coming on, and not just a little pilot light kind of flickering in the bottom of that furnace. It's the actual power of the Holy Spirit filling, enabling, empowering you to live out the life that Jesus has called you to. And that experience doesn't just happen once or a second time. It's meant to happen again and again and again and again and again and again throughout our entire life. And if you want to learn more about that, come to one of our Empower Ministers weekends. It's a great opportunity to learn about that. But coming back to my point, why do I need this filling then? Well, allow me to dip into the Marvel Universe for a moment. Norm just perked up right now. Just kind of as the final Avengers movie is in the theaters right now, making the Disney Corporation a couple billion of dollars over the last couple of weeks. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen Endgame yet. All right? No spoilers here. Tony Stark, otherwise known as Iron Man, the very first Avenger, is a mechanical engineering genius. And as part of his origin story... We discover that through a very a serious injury, his heart is irreparably damaged. And while he's unconscious in a cave somewhere in the Middle East, a surgeon replaces his heart with a mechanical one, a very crude one to kind of help keep him going temporarily. And Tony Stark, being who he is, well, he improves on the design about a thousandfold. And he creates a new super powerful heart for himself that has limitless supply of energy and it never needs recharging. And in fact, it becomes the power, the very thing that powers the suit that he creates, allowing him to become this hero that we know as Iron Man. That might work in the fictitious universe of the Marvel universe. But it doesn't work in the universe that our Heavenly Father, the Lord God Almighty, made the one you and I actually live in. And although we often live like it, we are not created, we were not created to have our own self-created, independent power source that allows us to do whatever we want, whenever we want. We were created to be beautifully dependent on the one who made us. Our power source is actually meant to flow from God himself. And he's promised 
to keep on filling us with the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. So why do I need to keep on being filled just like those in the early church 2,000 years ago? What helps us stay humble and dependent instead of prideful and independent? God isn't trying to control us. He's designed us for partnership. He wants to work with us, work through us. And God says, my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. He wants to use these broken, leaky containers, (laughs) like us, to change the world around us. That's what Peter and John were doing. They welcomed this partnership and they recognized that it was the Holy Spirit at work in them to accomplish something of eternal and lasting value. And as a follower of Jesus, we need to do the exact same thing. So what are you powered by? What are you powered by? Are you powered by yourself? Or by the Spirit of God? It's a question each of us as believers need to ask every day, actually. So the second thing is, true boldness comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit, and walking with Jesus. That's where the boldness comes from. Where did Peter and John's boldness and confidence come from? Yes, From the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in this chapter. Peter was filled. But then there's also an important clue found in verse 13. It says the religious leaders recognized that they had been with Jesus. When you're around somebody long enough, they rub off on you, don't they? If you are a school teacher here today, and I know there are a few, or an EA... When you have your first set of parent-teacher interviews in the fall with a new student's parents, something very interesting happens. You don't say it out loud. You might in the staff room, but you don't say it out loud. When little Sam's parents sit down in front of you and they begin to open their mouths and talk, and you talk about how little Sam's been doing in class, from the moment they open their mouths and interact with you, they inter- you internally react and say, Oh, this makes so much sense. (laughs) This kid is just like his parents. (laughs) It's very quiet in here all of a sudden. (laughs) Sorry, teachers, I told one one of your secrets. But in a positive sense, the religious leaders saw something being reflected back to them in Peter and John as they spoke. The disciples... They'd been with Jesus for a few years, learning from him. And as good disciples, they were good imitators of what Jesus had taught them, of their teacher. But also, during his earthly ministry, Jesus operated, how? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So it would make sense in order for his disciples to follow in the same path of their teacher. They would need to do the same. Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit. And the disciples in the early church in these chapters were learning this lesson too. So the religious leaders, 
They didn't just see good disciples emulating their rabbi. They actually saw the same Spirit of God that was at work in Jesus at work in his disciples. And it kind of freaked them out. And if that was the case, they realized that the revolution that had begun with Jesus hadn't ended with his death. It was actually continuing and starting to spread like wildfire. So they tried to get them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. You see, when people are with you, do they recognize that you've been with Jesus? What do they see? Well, here's just a few things that, that happen. They won't come up on the screen, but a few things that happen as we spend more time with Jesus and are filled with his spirit. We start to walk and talk more like him. We grow in our love and compassion for those people who don't know Jesus yet. We actually begin to distance ourselves from sin, and we actually start moving towards practicing a life of greater holiness. We reflect more of the glory of God as we grow closer to him. People start to see it as we enter a room. Some of you know, when there's certain people that you meet, certain friends that you have, it's like, wow, I really see Jesus in them. There's something that hits me first. It's the Spirit of God in them. And what he's doing in us on the inside actually starts to spill over on the outside and affects other people's lives. We also become regular carriers of his spirit and his presence. But do you know what also begins to happen? We begin to get confident and bold. That's what happens. Even in the face of opposition. Not in an arrogant or a superior way. Rather filled with the spirit, with love. We actually move past our fears to share the truth of what Jesus has done in our lives. We actually bear witness. We actually open our mouths to to share about his ongoing work in our lives. You know what, Jesus? This is what Jesus has done for me. Did, Did you know that? You know, my coworker that I have a conversation with, they open the door and go, so what's different about you? You seem to have so much peace. It's a door of opportunity. Are you going to invite the Holy Spirit to fill you in that moment? Give you the words to say and step into that moment and say, well, yeah, I can tell you. It's because of Jesus in my life. And continue on the conversation. It takes risk. It takes moving past our fears. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us with that. But that's what Peter and John were doing in front of those religious leaders. The Holy Spirit gave Peter and John, Peter specifically, the words to speak. It's why they basically said, you can can tell us to stay silent, but we won't. So religious leaders, you'll have to decide what you want to do with us when we keep on speaking. We've seen and witnessed way too much with Jesus to stay silent. We know the truth. Are you spending time with Jesus on a regular basis? Who do you reflect to other people? Is it more of you or is it more of Jesus? Here's something practical you can do 
even if you haven't been meeting with Jesus for a while. You can wake up in the morning and say, Good morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you for my life. I need you today, just like I needed you yesterday. I need your Holy Spirit, your enabling and empowering in my life so I can live my life the way you want me to. Lord, please fill me afresh this morning so that I can lay hold of the grace that you've given me to walk through this day. Would you help me to be effective? Would you help me to be effective so that I can interact with people today in a way that would, in a way that would make me more like your son Jesus so that people would see more of him and less of me? That kind of prayer, first thing in the morning, God will answer that kind of prayer. It's deep within his heart to see that kind of prayer accomplished in your life. And whether that's the kind of prayer that you would pray as a mother each morning or on a day like Mother's Day or anybody else here, we need that kind of ongoing connection and posture with Jesus. The true boldness and confidence comes from walking with Jesus and inviting the Holy Spirit to fill us and to transform us. Take all of what Jesus has done for you. And rather than keeping it out in front of you, also put it behind you. Not to forget it, but as a backstop. You know what a backstop is? It's a thing that, that, that keeps you from falling backwards. It helps you to keep moving forward. It gives you strength to know that I've got this thing behind me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Jesus, what you've done for me, I'm standing on all those things today. I'm going to keep opening my mouth. I'm going to keep sharing who you are. I'm going to keep being me and what you've created in the lives of the people that you've put me into. And third, the church, us, the church is meant to be bold. We're in this together. I need to remind us of this today. This filling, this power, this boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit isn't meant to stop inside the walls of this church building. It is meant to enable us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people around us who don't know Him yet. That's its purpose. And as we see from our chapter today, Peter and John, they they marveled at what had happened as they shared their testimony with the church. And then the church marveled at what had happened. And what did they do? They said, cool, yay God. And then they went about their regular lives. That's what it says, right? No. They prayed for more opportunities, those crazy people. More opportunities to do the same thing. Lord, look upon these threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak the word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. The Lord answered them. He filled them. The place shook. This supernatural boldness wasn't just for Peter and John. 
It was for all of them as a congregation of believers. It says all of them were filled. We need to remember that, that being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't just so that you and I can feel personally close to God and have warm fuzzies. It's for all of us together to go and spread the good news with boldness, knowing what Jesus has done for me, what he's done for you. The ongoing filling of the Spirit, it was actually a sign to Peter and John and the rest of the church, but it's also a sign to us today that God is with us. And he actually stands ready to help us walk out the life that we've been called to. As parents, we have the opportunity to train our kids up in these things. Parents who are first starting out, whether it's your first child or your third child or your second child, you have the opportunity to teach your children things like this. Because God's been faithful to send us the helper, the Holy Spirit, who leads us into truth. As I get to closing here, guess what happens in the coming chapters of Acts? Yes, there are poisonous snakes. Yes, yes. What happens is the disciples keep on doing the same things, healing people, miracles, preaching the gospel, people joining the church day by day. And there's another showdown with the religious leaders and circumstances that are even more amazing. But the disciples didn't stop. The church didn't stop. They were standing on the truth. They continued to be filled with the Holy Spirit and preaching with boldness, even after they were beaten for doing so. When you have encountered Jesus, you are never the same again. When you've encountered the real risen Savior, you are never the same again. There may be people that yell at you, that tell you to sit down and be quiet, Even threaten your life. There are brothers and sisters all over the world where their life is threatened each day for what they believe. But the Spirit of God within you compels you to keep pointing people to the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. And when you are a witness to what he's done, no one can take that testimony away from you. And we need the filling of the Holy Spirit to share our story in a way that is loving, powerful, and meets people where they're at. It's the Holy Spirit's power, not ours. We're meant to work in partnership together with the Lord. True boldness comes from the Holy Spirit and walking with Jesus day by day by day. And it's not about you. The church, it's not even about us as a church. But we together are meant to be filled and to be bold and to be able to accomplish and partner together with God in advancing his kingdom. Let's pray. Invite the worship team forward. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a precious gift. Jesus, you said that you needed to go in order that the Helper could come. And Lord, we're so grateful that each day 
the grace that you have given to us, the enabling power of the Spirit that is right there available to us each day, that we can reach out and we can welcome it into our lives and that we can partner with you in the great story that you are writing, that you are moving. Lord, I pray for each person here today, whatever stage they are at in their walk with you, Lord, would you help us to invite your Holy Spirit to strengthen us in order to be able to speak out the truth of what Jesus has done in our lives. Lord, we can show your love for us. We can, we can walk out what your love looks like before people. But Lord, at some point, we need to have a conversation, actual speaking, back and forth, sharing the truth of who Jesus is. And Lord, I pray that in each person's context, in each of their spheres of influence, that you would help us be a people that walks with you, walks closely with you, and that people would see Jesus before they actually see us. That they would see your love coming first, and they would be able to lay hold of your truth and come into your kingdom themselves. We bless you, and we thank you this morning. We ask that you would continue to fill us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.